Milner. Can he tee up someone in red? And he goes towards Lundgren. Welcome back to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand, and we have our co-host Logan Stump. Hello there. And Matt Hartgrove. Hey, everyone. And we are going to be talking all about the games uh, that were midweek and weekend of the uh, 14th through the uh, 21st here or so whatever whatever days these midweek games started I think was Tuesday the 15th or something uh, so Tuesday the 15th through December 21st each team played twice we're going to be breaking them down by team uh, we're not going to talk about games more than once though so I'm going to have to make sure I keep this very straight and organized I guess um, I got them in alphabetical order so I, I went all out on the notes here. Um, but first, let's just see how you guys have been doing. Logan, how was your weekend? Oh, that's good. I'm on, I'm on Christmas break, and plus Mandalorian was on Friday. So I've got to revel in all the glory that was the last episode of season two. Um, so I don't know, I've had a really good weekend. It's restful, and I had to d- type up an article today, but... Um, for my dad but other than that it's been pretty good the Dolphins won um, so my sports teams seem to be turning a corner even with City playing so it's all overall pretty good weekend you had to type up an article yeah I write some of the stuff for my dad like travel stuff um, oh, goes okay. into, like different things like that so he put me to work today but hopefully I'll be done by tomorrow and then I can get on with playing some FIFA so <laughs> There you go. I played a whole bunch of FIFA yesterday when uh, my cousin came over and we just played. We started a Chelsea career and just played a good chunk of games. I think it was like four or five league games, a Champions League game mixed in there, uh, you know, the preseason tournament, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Um, Matt, how was your weekend? Uh, you know, it was it was needed. It was nice and relaxing to to sit back, just watch a lot of sports. It was better um, than today, right? <laughs> oh God! If we would have recorded right after work, you wouldn't have heard me talk. I wouldn't have given any. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's we're just in a bad time at work. So it, it not bad in in a sense that what we do isn't easy or anything. It's just super busy. So this whole week is gonna be rough. I'm I can't wait for Christmas because I get out early christmas eve and i'm off christmas day nice little long weekend but yeah other than that just kind of watched a lot of sports um which is generally what i do every weekend 
I go to Target on Saturday and then I watch pretty much as much soccer and football that I can before going to sleep Sunday night. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that consists of a lot of my weekends too. Target and then sports <laughs> with some PlayStation thrown in there. Um, I was gonna say, isn't that all we can do at this point? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we can't really go. Yeah, Seems about I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for the most part. Like, I feel like down here we can kind of go to like Universal Studios oh, yeah. if we wanted to. Yeah. But like, do I really want to do that on a Saturday? Especially yeah. around this time. Yeah, plus, you know, soccer's on until 5 p.m. Eastern time, basically, over here. So by the time it's over, I'm like, it's time for dinner. What am I going to do, you know? Yeah, I guess that's the only bad thing about the 3 p.m. games now on the weekend is uh, before, the last game would be, like, at 1230. And then that was, you know, we would have, that would be over at 230, and then you have the rest of your uh day now the now we have the 3 p.m games on a saturday and sunday i think and it becomes a little uh a little longer into the night there um so let's start it off with arsenal they're actually the first ones alphabetically uh they had two matches they played against southampton and they played against everton and uh southampton uh Theo Walcott. How did those games go? Uh, one to one for the first game here. Theo Walcott um, uh, scores against his former club there uh, and makes it one nil. And then we get uh, that's eighteen minutes in. Fifty-two minutes in, Aubameyang scores to make it one one. And then ten minutes later, Gabriel gets a red card, his second yellow, to make it uh, them uh, make Arsenal down a man here and finishes one one Everton beat Arsenal two to one in the second matchup here. They got the Rob holding own goal 22 minutes in for Everton there. And then you got a uh, Pepe penalty kick in there to make it one, uh, one uh, that's 35 minutes in and then 45 minutes in uh, Yeri uh, Mina scores to make it two, one to Everton and Everton, uh, we'll get to them when we get to E, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's probably the next time we'll be able to talk about them, but they had a good weekend here. But let's look at the Arsenal perspective here. With Burnley winning today, uh, Arsenal is only one point above Burnley. They're in 15th place, 14 points. Burnley has 13. Brighton has 12. Arsenal is only four points above Fulham, who's in the relegation zone there. Um, and by that, uh, that <laughs> by the stats you sent me from 538, I wouldn't be surprised if they had Arsenal as a 67% chance to win the Premier League uh, with the way that those were. <laughs> by the way, those percentages were doled out there. But um, <clears throat> Arsenal in 15th place with only 14 points. They needed some points. They had a good opportunity against Southampton, though Southampton is, you know, doing well. They're in seventh. Then they faced Everton, who's in fourth now. Uh, Logan, is it time to push the panic alarm? We've been talking about it for the last two weeks here, but is it time to finally push the panic alarm? Do they get rid of Mikel Arteta or how to fix this? What do they, what do, they do here? 
panic alarm, the self-destruct, anything that they could possibly hit over there that they have, I think would be um, most prudent at this point. Uh, Burnley's got 13 games in hand. Arsenal is 14. So if Burnley wins, they slip all the way down into 16. Right. Um, which, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what many fans thought. I mean, I know what we thought. Um, we thought they'd be challenging up into the top four somewhere. Well, and um, let's, let's but, clarify that. Let's clarify that. That's because true. when we look at the stats, you know, um, uh, um, Arlo White tweeted out some stats from, you know, back when the bubble restarted. At a certain point in that, like near the end of the season, if if you had started the season when Mikel Arteta took over, they would have been fourth place. That's how many points they were getting. They were they were shooting up the ladder, um, and they went from like lower down here to eighth place. So w- we thought, okay, that's going to continue. They got the trophy. They got the community shield. They're feeling good. They're gonna they're gonna keep propelling themselves forward. But for some reason, it's just not working. Yeah, once they leave December, uh, and their next match is tomorrow against City in the Carabao, and then they've got Chelsea, uh, and I think that's at Stamford Bridge. No, it's at Emirates. Um, but once they have those two games, and I think Chelsea will throttle them. Um, I once you get to the end of December, they play Brighton and West Brom. They've got a stretch of games. They've got like five or six games coming up that I no five that they that they should at least be in. Um, but then they get back to like Southampton and then Man United, Wolves, Aston Villa, um, and, and then Leeds. I I mean I I don't know. You hit the panic button here because if you don't win, if you don't win against Chelsea, then I, I mean I don't even know where they're going to find points to get back into the top half of the table. Um, which is not ideal for a lot of the Arsenal fans, I imagine. Um, and I know Matt's probably read their Reddit because he likes to go on some of that stuff, um, which I'm sure he can fill us in on. But uh, I, I would. I, I'm not sure panic button's the right thing. I think if there's anything that they can do at this point, they're doing it. Um, and it, it's just not gone well at all. Um, and before we get to your perspective, Matt, real quick, uh, as you kind of alluded to, Logan, they have 14 games played. Burnley has 13. Um, Arsenal, like we just said, 14 games played, 14 points. They're averaging one point per game right now. Uh, the same that Burnley is because they have 13 games, 13 points. Uh, it, it can't get much worse than that. They're actually, even though Leeds didn't have a great game against Man United, Leeds is three points above Arsenal right now just because of Arsenal failing to capitalize. And when you look at goals, you know, Arsenal's only scored 12. Uh, Leeds has scored 24. Uh, this is why I don't think Leeds is really going to get dragged down into the relegation battle as much because they're scoring. They got to have better defense, but they're actually scoring. Uh, Arsenal's not even scoring. They're giving up 18 goals. They've only scored 12. That's almost looking like relegation numbers when we're looking at Fulham with 13 goals West Brom with 10 Sheffield with 8 Burnley with 8 like this is some serious problems going on here Matt your thoughts on Arsenal as a whole in these two games that uh, that they just played fun fact Logan um, I haven't been on Arsenal's Reddit because it's not even fun to read anymore (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> probably very sad to be honest Black I mean, hole. if yeah. i was an arsenal fan it wouldn't it would not be fun right now no it's it's honestly like everything you guys said i mean there's not really too much else to add on because they do look 
rele- they they just look set for relegation. I know I, I said it in our group text during the game. What they've become known for recently is captain own goals and and red cards. Like that seems to be their only consistent parts of their game. Is you know Those their captain? No, no, not at all. And it 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 does. It looks bad. I mean, just the kind of going to the same numbers Jordan said. Twelve goals scored is is really bad especially when you look at the teams you know it, it is kind of nice how it's laid out in the premier league the top 10 all have you know positive goal differential bottom 10 all have negative but even then you know Leeds are scoring crystal palace are scoring newcastle are scoring the teams above them even though yeah they have their faults i mean every team in the premier league this year really has a fault at some point but they they don't score goals and that is such a big deal and the fact that they can't score goals is what would be the downfall here it unless something changes i I don't see how they get above any of the teams that are currently above them i don't think that i personally don't think they can beat with how they're playing they can't beat a Leeds. i don't think they can beat a palace they can't beat a newcastle like i I just don't see it and then any team in the top 10 should end up walking through in our game against arsenal right now because they all score (laughs) the lowest scoring total in the top 10 is Man City. And you know, Man City can score within seconds of goals with each other, with, with how they play. It's, I know they haven't done it, but that's, that's your fear with a team like Manchester City is they can score on a whim if they want to, it feels like. I just don't, 15th feels like the best they can do, which I just think is, that's a historically bad season for a team like Arsenal. Yeah, that's a disaster. <laughs> That would be, oh my goodness. Uh, I, I, can we make mid-year adjustments it's, it's, to our manager of the year? It's just really hard. It's it's so hard looking at the table. Like, you know, I, I, I mean, Wolves, I know we'll get to these teams, but, you know, Wolves definitely are going to struggle with, you know, the whole Jimenez injury, but the teams above them score goals and Arsenal don't score goals. It's they're not going to beat Leeds because Leeds are going to score against them. And that means Arsenal are going to have to score multiple goals. You know, at the moment Everton scored that second goal, I knew the game was over. So I was like, you mean to tell me that they're going to have to find a goal, possibly not through a penalty. Like that was their only goal. That game was through penalty. I just didn't see it happening. I, I don't see how they get ahead of any of these teams above them. And that's, I mean, I know it's not relegation, but, that has to be one of your all-time bad seasons in in a sport for any type of big name team. Like that's that's crazy to to see a team like them down in fifteenth. You know, Barcelona are still gonna. I still think Barcelona will end the season toward the top. You know, you're still gonna get Juventus toward the top, and even the bigger teams in those leagues stay in the top. You know, seven eight challenge for Europe, but Arsenal are they're seven points off the top ten, and they have to play all these teams again and they're not better than 13, 14 of them. There's it's, I, I just, I don't see 15th being, I 15th is the highest they go. And I, I would put a prediction to that at this point. All right, let's move on from Arsenal. We got uh, 19 other teams here. Aston Villa, they drew with Burnley nil, nil, but then they go out and beat West Brom three nil five minutes in. El Ghazi scores to make it 1-0. 36 minutes in, it's a Livermore red card. Then Traore, 84 minutes in. Then 88 minutes in, El Ghazi with another penalty to make it 
to make it 3-0 uh, for Aston Villa on the night. And uh, Villa now moving up to ninth place. They've only uh, played nine. I mean, sorry, played 12 games. Uh, and uh, so they got two in hand here. They're already at 22 points. Let's just give them nine point, uh, six points. Let's just give them the six points here just to see what happens. They move up to 28th. That's second place. Did I do that right? Oh, my God. Yeah, they could yeah, potentially right. move up to second with just the games in hand. Uh, now, it depends on when they play those games. But that's pretty good for Villa. I, I, I didn't really think about that context coming into this, but... What is uh, they got eleven goal differential? They're they're doing well there. They're in positive goal differential there. Only the one draw, four losses, seven wins uh, out of twelve. That's pretty. That's pretty good numbers for a team like Villa. Logan, how are you feeling about Aston Villa? Yes, they drew against Burnley. That's actually Burnley's second. Um, no, I was going to say Sheffield gets their second point. Burnley, uh, they're starting to get a little better. They're starting to find their form. They haven't lost in seven matches. Burnley. So, uh, might be a good result for Villa. And then they go out and beat West Brom, a team in the relegation zone that you should beat, that other teams haven't been beating. So, uh, how are you feeling about Villa? Yeah, so the, the thing that caught my eye, I was, I was listening to, I think it was Carragher talk about him. I don't remember who it was. Um, but they were talking about how well their defense has played. Now, you know, their offense is really good now, that, or their attack is better now that they've got Ollie Watkins and Jack Grealish has played really well. Ross Barkley was playing well before he got hurt. Um, but their defense has been really impressive too. Only 1.1 goals conceded per match. That's fourth in the league. They're number one in clean sheets with seven. Um, they don't concede penalties. Um, they've got, you know, a relatively good job um, – uh, attacking so you know as far as Aston Villa you look more at like the Liverpool game that they had um, and, and that's an impressive win uh, and I think they're starting to put strings of games together where they beat Wolves when Wolves was decent um, and they're handling teams that they should be able to handle um, you know I, I think because they started so well and now they're starting to turn back around uh, that's been crucial because it seems like teams have gone up down up down and then you know, I think that's kind of the same trend that they're following. But again, I'm I'm really impressed with the way that they can attack. Jack Grealish is easily one of uh, the best players on that wing um, when he's playing well. Um, but overall, I'm just I, I, I'm thrilled with watching them play just because I think that they deserve to be second. I mean, if there's another team I look out there, they've been at least one of the more consistent on the attack and defense. Um, they just haven't had the games to to show that they are, you know, top four at least. Let me correct something I just said there. I've swore I just saw Sat saying they haven't lost in seven matches, but they haven't lost in at least the last four. Their last loss for Burnley was back in uh, against Manchester City. So I want to just correct that, and that was November 28th. Um, but when I was watching highlights, I'm pretty sure that came up. Uh, I'm not sure if they mean in all competitions, but I haven't seen any other competitions they would have been in at this point. So who knows? Um but uh, yes, so for Villa, yes, I, I agree. I think that uh, th this is uh, they haven't lost since uh, against West Ham back in November 30th. <clears throat> they had a draw, a win, a draw, a win. They got Manchester City coming up. 
So they got a big test here, so we may not be able to give them those six points, uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, uh, you know, it, it would be quite a story if they, you know, did get those points from the games in hand and see how that works out. Matt, your thoughts on on Aston Villa and any of their games that they just played. And as a reminder to our listeners, they played Burnley, nil-nil, and they beat West Brom, 3-0. Yeah, I mean, they... Yeah, they had a good week, and obviously, I, you know, looking at the the whole games in hand, it is crazy to see them possibly getting up to second. I mean, we of course know that City is not exactly an easy game, so could they do it? Definitely, will it happen? I I, I still think City is a better team than one how they where they're placed right now, and two, just in general against Villa. But you know, they they've definitely had an impressive season, and I, I think. If you're a Villa fan, there's a lot to look forward to for the rest of the year because, you know, we are getting to the halfway point and and you've maintained a level of, I don't want to say skill, but like you've maintained a level of competitiveness that clearly works well in the, works well to keep you where you're at. I know, again, you're in ninth, but you've only played 12 games and pretty much every team above you has played 14 besides, you know, one of the teams you have to face. So it their goal differential is also being a double digits, which is really solid because there's only looking at it four teams that have a positive double digit goal differential, which is also impressive. Um, uh, you know, it's, they look like they can definitely do it through the first half. And I think for some of these teams that we're seeing with how crazy the table is, how is the second half going to go? Because we are going to start seeing the big teams not have as many games, you know, because We've already, we've had a lot of these teams, you know, Liverpool, United, Chelsea, you know, all the big teams in Europe had all those crazy weeks of uh, league game, knockout, league game, or not knockout, league game, group stage, league game, group stage. And that, I felt like that happened for like seven straight weeks. I felt like I was watching Liverpool on Saturday and then we'd be watching them on Wednesday and then Saturday again. And I was like, man. Well, now you're getting them Saturday, Monday, (laughs) Thursday, Friday. I mean. But that's like that's. But we're getting to the point where that's not gonna really be the case anymore. I mean, I I know I I don't see the other team's schedules that's as much because I do I do keep up with Liverpool's schedule out of most out of all of them, and I know, you know, after this upcoming little time period because I know they don't play this week because they got knocked out of Carabao, but you know they get they get a game on Sunday and then a game midweek and then they have a game that weekend. But then, you know, they really don't have anything happening crazy schedule wise until they're going to get to the the knockout stages in February and March, but that's only one time a week. So if, if these big teams get themselves out of the FA cup, which I personally think some of them might not on purpose, but like it wouldn't shock me to see some of the bigger teams play a very weekend side to kind of go like, listen, we're trying to go for something bigger than just the FA cup or Carabao cup. You might start seeing these teams like Villa, they might have a harder time in the second half. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see where it goes because I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be in the same boat as Villa when we get to, you know, the Southamptons and the Evertons and the Leicester. Well, not really the Leicesters, I guess, but like West Ham, Wolves. These teams are going to have interesting second halves to see if they can keep up this uh, level of play. All right, let's move on to... Uh... We'll move on to Brighton here. They drew with Fulham, nil-nil. And they also drew with Sheffield, 1-1. Uh, 40 minutes in, Lundstram 
uh, with a red card for Sheffield. A really bad tackle. Just don't even know what he's doing there, but really bad tackle. Uh, 63 minutes in, Bogle scores for Sheffield. And then 87 minutes in, Danny Welbeck uh, scores for Brighton. And I got a laugh here. Welbeck scoring, Walcott scoring, all these former Arsenal players scoring. <laughs> and Arsenal can't put the ball in the net. Uh, it, it's it's just thinking of it right now. That's just kind of crazy to think of Giroud. Uh, you know, he was a former uh, Arsenal man when we get to that. So uh, not not going great for Arsenal in that regard. But uh, back to uh, Brighton here. Uh, that puts them right above relegation. They're in 17th place. They haven't had a win in their last five matches. They've had three draws, two losses. They got West Ham coming up here. They were They were lucky. I would say they were lucky that this that this game here uh, was not a loss. You know, uh, Sheffield being a little unlucky here. They got the red card. Sheffield did that wasn't unlucky, but uh, being up a goal, sixty three minutes in, and then giving up a goal in the eighty seventh minute. You know, as a team that's at the very bottom, they were so close to getting three more points, and they only get one more point when they're in a record breaking pace right now of having the least amount of points. Brighton kind of, you know, luck out, get the goal at the last minute. I believe if I remember right, they even had a moment that they could have uh, probably won it very near the end there as well. Uh, how are you feeling about Brighton, Logan? I know that you liked watching them for a bit. They started off pretty well this season, but they've really hit a funk as it, as it's been uh, in the last month or so. Yeah, they've really struggled to score, um, and their defense hasn't been great, um, which is what they really pride themselves in. They have that back four that's supposed to be pretty impressive, but they just haven't been anything. Um, Dunk's kind of been average at best. Uh, their best player is Sully March, um, and he's played pretty well. Uh, Lamptey's kind of fizzled out. I mean, he's had some pretty impressive bright spots, but he hasn't played as well as he had been. Um, and I think when you look at them as compared to, like, Fulham, I actually think Fulham are trending the right direction, whereas I don't know if Brighton's necessarily trending anywhere. Um, and when you've got, you know, your top striker is Malpe, and he's got, I think, what, three goals, four goals or something like that. Um, I had it pulled up, but I don't remember. Uh, let me see. He's got, yeah, four goals, um, and he's struggled at times, and, and he's he's got to have one of the worst conversion rates too because he, he gets open a lot. <laughs> he, he fizzles out quite a bit um he kicks balls sideways and every which way and not anywhere towards the goal um but again when you when you don't have an attack especially in the premier league these big teams they'll just throttle you and i think now more than ever teams just seem to be scoring you know six seven goals i mean it's not insane to hear that score line anymore um just because i think it's just uh, these defenses are getting worn down um with all these tight games and you've got you know 40 some days or so of really, really tight games. Uh, I just don't know if this is going to be good for Brighton because I'm not sure they can handle it. Matt, any thoughts here? They got two points in these uh, last two games. That was enough to get them above relegation since Burnley did so well. I mean, Brighton wasn't really in there yet, but if they didn't get two points there, you have Fulham with 10 and Brighton would have 10, and that'd be a little... Little nerve wracking. Well, I guess they drew with Fulham, so Fulham wouldn't have gotten 
Uh, well, yeah, I guess they held off Fulham enough, but it's getting really close to relegation. These are two relegation teams that Brighton just faced and they only got two points. Your thoughts on Brighton? Yeah, I think I think for this week, I think this was a bad week for Brighton. I know, obviously, you always take points, but, I mean, when you look at it, you face two of the teams behind you and you, you could maybe get some distance more so on Fulham than, than and one of them's because, at home Brighton yeah. versus Sheffield was a home match yeah and I think it, it sounds bad but I feel like every team like I don't want to like make it sound awful with Sheffield but when you face Sheffield you need to teams need to get the three points out of them because they basically fall into that if you don't beat them you're you're dropping more points it feels like you're dropping more than two points um with how much they're struggling and they're you know they're above them by 10 which is already pretty pretty big amount for a team that's struggling as much as Sheffield is. Um, but obviously to get a draw against Fulham, I, that's one of those games as a Brighton fan, you, you really wanted because you want to distance yourself. Obviously now you're, you know, two points from relegation and you didn't gain anything on Fulham. And I just think that's, it's just something these teams at the bottom, they need to beat the teams that are below them to, to stay up and get out of that relegation danger so the fact that they couldn't do that for either of those teams while it wasn't a horrific week because they still got points I really feel like as a Brighton fan or even players they were probably pretty disappointed in how this week went for them all right let's move on from Brighton we got Burnley here this they're the big winners of the week I feel like uh for me probably they 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 drew Aston Villa nil nil they beat Wolves 2-1. That was earlier uh, today. Uh, 35 minutes in, Barnes scores to make it 1-0. Burnley, then 51 minutes in, Chris Wood scores to make it 2-0. And then a Silva penalty kick in the 89th minute for Wolves uh, to bring them uh, just within one. But there wasn't really enough chance for, the, for Wolves to come back, really, at that point. Uh, so they gain four points. During this time, they're out of the relegation zone. They've leapfrogged Brighton. They're only one point behind Arsenal with the game in hand. I know we've talked a little bit about them so far, but uh, Logan Burnley looking pretty good. They're they're hitting their stride now. I, are, do you are they going to avoid relegation? Yeah, I think out of all of the, uh, I think the bottom five. If you look at the bottom five, I think they're the clear favorites to get out, especially with how well they played this week. Um, and having good results against Everton and Arsenal, who they beat, um, they seem to be coming out of their little funk that they were in. Um, and I think that they they do. I think they will challenge and start to get up there again towards Leeds uh, and Palace, just because I think when you look at them, and Chris Wood's really good. Um, Barnes played really well today, and I watched the game through today just because I wanted to see how well. And, man, they're, they're really starting to find um, – their footing in the league. And I think that they're playing pretty well. Plus when you have the best keeper, arguably in the premier league, um, he's, you know, he's so solid back there. It's really, it's really hard to get anything by him. And when you don't have goal scorers, like some of these bottom teams do, um, it's going to be really tough for anybody to, to bring them back down towards the relegation zone. Um, and listening to what they were saying on, you know, Tim Howard and them were talking about him like a couple days ago. And they were talking about how, Again, that they seem to be the ones that if anybody they could get on a roll here and roll back up towards you know bottom of the tape, like the 
11, 12, 13 um, spots because I think Wolves is destined to come down some um, now. So, you know, I think that they're they're relatively safe from relegation. Yeah, they're they're the winners of the week for me. That's what I'm going to go ahead and say here. I, 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 I think they did the best here other than maybe Everton. Everton did pretty well as a, for the week here, but uh, just Everton wasn't really close to relegation. So I have to give it to Burnley for having a really good week. Uh, if they can keep this up, they face Manchester United next. So that's going to be a problem. But uh, Matt, your thoughts on Burnley uh, getting their four points this week. Yeah, they, they definitely are pretty much up there with the winners of the week. Uh, obviously with, you know, similar to how, um, stop it. Sorry. My dog's biting the table. That's never happened before. Um, so I, I, I think they're definitely the winners of the week when you are one of the winners of the week, because, you know, that being a team down in that relegation area, you're, it's not something that you look at, uh, sorry, my dog's biting the table. I don't know. This would be a fun part of the podcast if, if you keep it in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's never done that before. I she's probably like, will. <laughs> So, so it's just getting thrown up after this. She's never done that before. She's like trying to like nibble at it um, and distracting me because I don't want her doing it. <laughs> um, okay, so Brighton, not Brighton, Burnley. Jeez, this is this is a rough rough stretch here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're having a stretch like uh, Sheffield right now. Just yeah, calm down, uh, relax. Uh, okay, uh, yeah. So I, I think. When you're a team down in the section, when you can get a week where you get the four, you know, obviously they're not going to have too many weeks of two games, which I think actually makes it even more impressive because there's a lot of teams that know how to play these, you know, elongated weeks. You know, the European, the top teams that play in Europe always seem to have two games a week, but a team like Burnley, they don't play two games a week very often. And to come out of this with four points, it, it's definitely a big deal, and they they look they did look. I didn't get to see really much. I, I kind of watched a little bit in the realm of highlights, but to get the three points, um, to get the three points today against Wolves, I think is a huge deal. I know Wolves have struggled, but that that's a that's a three points against a top ten esque team, and I think and a team that just beat Chelsea earlier this week. Yeah, Wolves. so like to get those three points against a team like that is only going to shoot your confidence up even higher, so you can get the the draws and the wins against the teams below you because they're not going to obviously just because they beat Wolves, they're not going to you know go out and beat Leeds or beat Crystal Palace, but it gives you a little bit more confidence to where you can get a one point on an away game, you can maybe get an additional three points on a home game that maybe prior you weren't really looking at getting. Um, I just think that itself is a huge deal, and it does kind of keep Burnley away from the bottom three. You know, they're still going to be down in this 5-16 battle, you know, if you want to throw Arsenal in there for, you know, a 16 battle just to make it fun. Um, so I, I don't think they're going to get themselves out of that area, but these are the results that keep you at the top of it and not sputtering toward the bottom. Only downside I can really say about Burnley right now, uh, while they did have a really good week, they've only scored eight goals when it comes to it this season. That's the lowest amount when uh, equal with Sheffield right now with eight goals. Now they've only given up 19. 
compared to Sheffield's 25 and West Brom's 29 and Fulham's 23. So they're, they're having better defense that's helping them uh, escape that zone, but they can get pulled back into it rather quickly if they don't start going on some goal scoring uh, there. When we look at their expected goals stat today, they were only expected to have 1.2 while Wolves were expected to have 1.46. So, uh, you know, they actually came out on the better end of that uh, this, uh, this season, um, uh, this game. Uh, moving on to Chelsea, a team that we were just kind of talking about there with Wolves because Wolves beat them 2-1. to one. Uh, First half, Pulisic looked really great on the left-hand side, and then Lampard said, how do I just throw off my team's rhythm uh, even more? Let's put Pulisic on the right instead and move Werner on the left, and that's exactly what happened. Then they couldn't get really anything going. Uh, 49th minute, Giroud scored. Uh, then 66 minutes in, Potent scored for Wolves. 90 plus six minutes, Chelsea gives up uh, the the winner uh, to Neto on Wolves. Today, though, different different story. Chelsea score three against West Ham in the London Derby to make it 3-0 victory over West Ham. Ten minutes in, Thiago, uh, Thiago Silva scores a great header. Uh, to to take the lead. Then it looked very rough and uh, did not think that maybe Chelsea was going to pull this one out. Uh, 78 minutes in, Tammy Abraham scores. 80 minutes in, Tammy Abraham scores again uh, in a goal that was created by Tammy and Pulisic. They had a great back and forth throughout that whole run. And <laughs> let, let's just say, uh, so earlier in the match in the first half, Pulisic makes a pass. Uh, he's on a run, and um, a defender's to his left. Werner's to his left, and he just waits for that defender to bite and to pull into to Pulisic, and Pulisic lays the pass off to Werner. Uh, was it mistimed? Oh, I saw a lot of people saying that. I don't think it was, just because he, he waited until the defender bit, and then he was able to pass it, and now Werner had a wide-open uh, shot here was to pass a little behind Werner. Yeah, probably. But Werner should score this. Uh, he should score it. It was look. And then I start seeing people make excuses for Timo Werner as well, saying, well, if Pulisic puts it in front of him instead of behind him, that's how Werner likes to get the ball. He likes running at defenders and getting a ball and just shooting. Okay, but you're a striker. You also have to learn how to take a touch, a, gr- a good touch, and how to shoot it with your weak foot or your strong foot. Wh- whatever foot it comes to, you got to learn how to shoot it. At least get a better shot than right at the goalkeeper. You know, Werner hasn't scored in his last 10 matches in all competitions for the club. It seems like since that loss to Spain in the, uh, in the Nations League that Germany had, where they lost 6-0, Werner has not been the same. I don't know what it is. If it's confidence, because that because he was scoring for England, he was score uh, he was scoring for Germany, he was scoring for Chelsea before that, and then you just kind of hit this uh, dead end here. Uh, so much so then Pulisic, when he gets his ball to 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 um, he makes a pass to Mount on the left instead of Werner, who's running right in the center behind the defenders, 
And I feel like one, he's probably worried he's going to be offside. But two, I was like, he, it's got to be in the back of Pulisic's head here that last time I gave you one, I teed it up for you. You missed it. So he passes it to Mount. That that ball is not a great pass. Mount has to come for it. Then he whips it in. Pulisic goes up for the header, misses it, takes out the goalkeeper, and Tammy Abraham scores it in what was a rather fun buildup there. Um, Ferner did get an assist on the first Abraham goal. I'm not sure if it was a meaningful assist. I'm not sure if he meant it It was, uh, or if he was trying to shoot. But either way, uh, Abraham and Pulisic were there past the past the defenders they were both on side one of them would have hit it in abraham gets it in and he's got more goals uh than anthony martial at this point as well this season uh who only has one on the season um so while i was initially down on them earlier in the week for losing to wolves and and particularly down on lampard's tactics with with forcing Pulisic on the right sometimes when it was, you know, he was the most dangerous player against Wolves on the left. It was just, you know, very strange. I, I like the way that they look today a bit. You know, they started off really hot. Then once they were given the ball to Pulisic and he was making things work, he was running at some defenders. Tammy Abraham was able to put some away and it, it started flowing. So I don't think it was a 3-0 victory in the sense of this is how like they looked great doing it. It's three nil, but I'll take I'll take the three nil. I'll take the three points. And Chelsea now up to fifth place, uh, six points behind first, and only two points behind second at this rate. Logan, uh, give me your thoughts here on on Chelsea. Yeah. So, like you said, Wolves was like one of those weird one offs, and they play. They play right to Wolves' hand. Wolves likes to not have possession as much. They like to sit back and camp out and see what they can create on the counterattacks. And, and the, you saw it today when they were playing against Burnley. They were more just trying to possess the ball, and that's not really their game. And Chelsea really just forces them to have the ball um, at times, and that's just not their game. Um, so I think with Chelsea, their defense seems so locked in. I know they're second best behind City and goals conceded. Um, I think they're right at one goal a game. Um, they've got two clean sheets, or yeah, I think two clean sheets. Um, right, second against Aston Villa. Um, so I, obviously, when we were looking at it, I remember way back when we were talking about it, we were thinking about how, and it's kind of like City. We were talking about how their attack should be so good um, that you know the defense is kind of what's lacking. Whereas I, I think Lampard hasn't played, and it'll be interesting to see how long Chilwell's out. Um, but Again, I think with the way that their defense is playing and their defense is scoring, <laughs> um, they're just tough to beat. And when Havertz figures it out, and like you said, I think that, you know, I, honestly, if I was going to give anybody a lot of the, the you know, burden to handle, I think that, you know, the only reason why goals aren't scored sometimes are because Havertz has a hard time, not Havertz, sorry, Werner has a hard time scoring and Havertz hasn't played well Um and Pulisic is really the only one up there that's going to create a lot because Tammy Abraham's on and off again. And then Giroud's probably been your best attacker over the last couple of weeks, and he barely plays. Um, so, you know, I think it's a matter of Frank trying to figure out how he can play these guys, you know, sparingly enough to where they could be well-rested. Um, and then however it goes with the Champions League, um, I, I think that they've got a chance to do something pretty special in the Premier League. And at least, you know, try to chase down Liverpool because I think that's where we're all going to be headed. 
here soon. But I- I'm really impressed with Chelsea. Their defense is so sound. And once they do figure out the attack um, and Pulisic stays healthy, uh, I-, I think you're looking at least the top three team, like we told you at the very beginning, Jordan. Um, <laughs> I still don't think they're top three. I still don't think they're top three I- I at all. I think, like, when I watch the other teams, they seem to be way more stable defensively than the other teams. And that's what I'm going on this year. I think defenses are going to win the win the games for a lot of people just because I think when you get tired, it's a matter of can you concentrate enough to keep goals from going in. Um, but Chelsea look primed to, to challenge Liverpool and whoever might be up there in second because I don't think it'll be City. We'll see. Uh, we will see. Um, I will say also, people talking about Werner as well, well, he's being played out of position. That has nothing to do with, you know, Kazayek's out and stuff. That has nothing to do with the pass that he got from Pulisic today. I saw people trying to defend that too. And I like Timo Werner. Uh, so I'm not, but I'm not just going to not pass any blame on him either. I mean, that, that was, he likes running into the box, right? He likes being, you would hope your striker likes being in the box and being right there. He wasn't like playing a wing position when he got that pass. He was almost central into the attack there. So I don't want to hear that either. But, uh, Matt, your thoughts on Chelsea and their week here, a loss against Wolves and a win against West Ham. I, you know, watching them, you know, I, I was, I watched the Wolves game and then, you know, this one was a little bit more so the second one, I didn't really see much more than just um, some highlights, but I felt like, I, I kind of feel like this week was in a way, somewhat of a microcosm of Chelsea's year where, you know, you get the impressive, you get the, you know, the impressive win over West Ham and then you get the, you know, just a game where you just feel super disappointed in how they played because, you know, their big star, the big star signings, mainly just the attacking ones, are just don't seem to be living up to the expectations. Obviously, people are going to have for them when they have. They're, you know, worth so much in terms of how much they paid for them. You know, because Havertz is only twenty years old. He's never played for another team besides Leverkusen. Um, like it, it's understandable to see why he's struggling. You know, he's not playing his position, but also, you know, in this day and age, it's, it's not really a, we're going to buy you for this amount of money and we're going to be okay with you, you know, struggling for a little bit because we're going to develop you into what you need to become. Unfortunately, that's just not how people tend to watch and, and critique teams and in, in the game and pretty much every sport at this point. Um, <clears throat> so it, it it was interesting to watch him because it, one thing I keep seeing is I feel like the best players on Chelsea are the ones that clearly are the ones that you've already had. You know, I mean, the defensive ones have played well. Chilwell, I know he got hurt today, but he's played well. Thiago Silva's been great. Mendy's like, been good. Yeah, I like it, it's weird though watching him. You know, the the big goal scorers it seems like are you know Kurt Zuma and Olivier Giroud, and it's like you almost as a Chelsea fan, it, it's I feel like it's weird. I don't know how exactly you feel specifically about it but it seems like they're more likely going to play better if if they bench the big money guys and they play the guys they've always been playing you know uh tammy abraham scores twice and you always kind of say like their strikers just know how to find the goal sometimes and that's what it felt like he did today yeah whether or not they were the most impressive goals he found a way to score whereas timo Werner seems to miss chances right in front of goal and it's like okay what what are do you want to start Tammy Abraham? Like, 
Because if you start him maybe over Werner, I know maybe positional-wise it doesn't work out exactly right, but for my example, it will. Um, like, <laughs> do, like as a fan, are you sitting there, you see the lineup come out, and, you know, it's it's Timo Werner and Kai Havertz instead of Abraham and, and Giroud, yet, you know, those two, Giroud and Abraham, are, are playing so much better than Havertz and Werner, but they're not the big money signings, you know, they're – they're, you know, youth player. I, I think Abraham's a youth academy player. And I know Giroud yes, was yeah. kind of like a, a cheapish shining or maybe even a free signing from Arsenal. I can't remember how he came over from there. But it, it's it's interesting to see, you know, what what do you do on for Lampard? Like for Lampard, is he needing to play these big guys or does he play the, you know, the ones that have been there and are playing much better? Like, you know, watching people like Kurt Zuma, like he's playing great. And then, you know, you watch players like, Giroud score goals almost immediately and you're sitting there going why would you start burner over Giroud and it's like well one guy costs this much money and he's the big signing and he's the big star player I don't know it just seemed like that's how the week went for for Chelsea you know their star players were struggling and then but their guys that they've had for a while played really well and they kind of are the reason they won their game it, it, it's kind of interesting to watch them it's I still think they're one of the top three teams. I'm not going to be convinced otherwise because I don't think you have that much talent and you're not going to end up in the top three fighting for a title. Um, but it's just, it'll be interesting to see how they continue on because I, I, I do think Werner will stop with his like cold streak. I feel like, I feel like his is just a cold streak. Whereas I think Havertz, honestly, this might be a year where people need, people need to be okay with him struggling this year because I just don't think he's going to show much more just due to all the different factors, you know, between being only 20 years old, being in a completely more physical league, never playing for another team besides Leverkusen. Like, I I think this is going to be a year where if you're going to get the most out of Kai Havertz, you can't see the Chelsea of old where they, they ditch the player after a a poor season. You know, you got the De Bruyne's and the Salah's, you know, they, they ditch them after they don't exactly make the super impact they are expected probably to make. Um, and then you ditch him back over to, you know, Italy or Germany. And then two years, three years later, he's now grown and city by him or United by him or Liverpool by him from that second team. And then he just explodes on the scene in the Premier League. Like he, he needs to be, he, he needs to be kind of progressed a little bit slowly. And I think Lampard needs to start, I'm not saying bench him, I guess, per se, but he probably needs to kind of keep him on the bench and maybe use as a super sub for a little bit. Um, just cause I don't think starting him is doing much for him at this point. Yeah, I think, uh, Havertz, I mean, Havertz has been, uh, benched, um, a bit. Uh, he did not start, uh, this game. He did start the, uh, the game against Wolves. Um, but he did not start uh, th- this game here. And I think that Werner should start being handled the same way. There were some sort of rumors I read somewhere that said that Frank would be in trouble if he benched both of them at the same time, which I think is nonsense because yeah, I don't think you can put those type of stipulations on your manager. But it is Chelsea, so we don't know. Um, but... I think Werner needs a break for a bit. Uh, I think part of the problem is Zayek is out and Pulisic was out. So they were playing, you know, Werner on the left. Werner likes being, you know, is, 
I think he might have a better shot centrally. Um, and when you have Zayek back on the right and you have, you know, Pulisic on the left, you can do that. And I don't think you need, you could, you can bring Havertz in slowly. I don't think you need to rush him in, like you said, because, you know, we did fine without Havertz last year. We did fine without Werner last year. Like you said, most of these people scoring right now are people that have been there and the people that are creating. Pulisic has been creating chances. It's not showing up on the score sheet with assists and, and, uh, um, stuff but today just making great runs and making passes that should lead to assists like he would have assists if Werner put the chance away you know like that's where it kind of gets frustrating um and I'm not calling for these people to be removed I backed Fernando Torres the whole time he was here I still love the man I got his signature uh Matt was there with me when that happened um I have, uh, you know, I backed Morata the whole time he was here. It it just, you start to wonder, though, is this another situation like that? I would say no. He did score a lot faster than those two, I feel like, uh, just off memory. Um, he's already got four goals and some assists in the Premier League. It's just that he's had the stretch now of 10 games in all competitions, probably now 11 with today, where he didn't score. And obviously some of those games he hasn't been playing centrally, so that might be part of the problem. But like I said, there's also these parts where Pulisic makes that pass and he's almost as central as you can be. He's in the box, you know, one-on-one with the keeper. You have to do better than hitting it right at the keeper. Even if you don't score it, put it near the, you know, put it where the goalkeeper actually has to make a save and not hit up right to him. And I think that might be some of his uh confidence right now and and i think that maybe i don't know what helps confidence getting the ball in the back of the net does but when you tee him up for some of these chances and he's not doing it like the one where he did the goal line clearance a few uh, weeks ago it, it's like it's just everything going wrong it's almost like when torres missed the wide open net when he was playing for chelsea and it's you need to see the ball hit the back of the net, but also if if he's not scoring, sometimes you're going to have to put in players that are going to score. Giroud with his, yeah, he only got two goals in the Premier League or whatever, but he's got five in Europe, two in the Cups. I mean, he's up to, I think, eight goals and 14 appearances for Giroud, which is good for your like second or third string goalkeeper right now. We only play one at a time. Um, Tammy Abraham scoring, you know, he's our second or third, depending on which one you put above each other you know um and that might be abraham getting getting back into the side you know uh but we'll see we'll see how it goes with zayek and him coming back into the team if the if the games were reversed i'd be a lot more upset with with i was very foul on was it tuesday when when wolves beat chelsea i was not feeling it at all uh but you know today um got a little bit more confidence with especially those two quick goals that really made me like okay we're not gonna blow this one so this is nice but let's move on to crystal palace west ham let's stay with west ham here west ham won crystal palace won benteke scored 34 minutes in 55 minutes in holler scores to make it 1-1 and then 70 minutes in benteke gets a red card and it finishes 1-1 then crystal palace (laughs) Zero, Liverpool seven. Three minutes in, Minamino scores. 35 minutes in, Mane scores. 44 minutes in, Firmino scores. 
52 minutes in, Henderson scores, which was a great goal. I like that was a rocket top left corner there. Firmino, 68 minutes in. And then Mosala, how nice is that? You can bring him in off the bench and he scores two goals in the 81st and 84th minute. And that's why Liverpool is going to win the league. 7 0 on these tight windows here where they are, you know, playing games back to back like this. And you have Mo Salah starting on the bench and you come in and beat Palace 7 nothing. But let's stick with Palace in this sense here first. They're up to 13th or down to 13th. I'm not sure if they went up or down here. Uh, 18 points total, 14 games. They're above Leeds. They're above Arsenal. They're above Burnley. Uh-oh. Logan, they, they're getting close to that relegation zone. <laughs> well, look at that. Hmm. <laughs> we'll see, though. I, I don't think they'll last down there. Uh, part of it, part of the problem, Benteke with the red card. But I will say, against the Liverpool game, when it was one nothing, Palace had like two or three chances to take the lead and actually equalize and, and, and take a lead here. I was actually really impressed with them until... You know, the 35th minute goal of Mane, and then it just goes all downhill for them. Logan, your thoughts on Crystal Palace and how they're looking here. Obviously, it's it's not a big shame to lose to Liverpool. Uh, they drew against West Ham, which I feel like is a good result for them. But uh, they're kind of uh, on a downturn here with uh, Zaha. Um, with Benteke out with the red card, Zaha not scoring in the last few games and actually some of the passes in the Liverpool game where it seemed like they could have scored, could have equalized, could have took the lead. They were just playing really off passes. Jordan IU to Zaha in the box was just not a good combination. Your thoughts on crystal palace. Yeah. Without Zaha playing well, um, they lean on Benteke. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily a person you want to really lean on who hasn't, you know, he hasn't played well for a long time. Um, and when he randomly and sporadically, does he play well? Um, and he sits over there a lot. So, you know, when Zaha didn't play well, it seems like they just get stuck. It seems like they don't have anywhere to go. They don't have anywhere to go for goals. They, they can't create, they can't get creative enough to get through um, the defense. I think there's not anybody that's going to run in behind. That's going to surprise you. Um, so, you know, once he stymied the, the whole club, it just seems like it's just stuck in mud. Um, and they've got an impressive schedule coming up, too. Um, they've got Villa, Leicester, um, then they go to they play Sheffield, which is a game they need to win. But I'm not sure they pull off the Villa or Leicester game. Um, and then they play Wolves in the FA Cup. But then they've got Arsenal. Um, and then after that, they play City, West Ham, and Wolves again um, in Premier League. So, you know, I think that trending down right now is not necessarily a place they want to be in, um, especially lacking the creativity to get goals. Um, but, you know, I think it, I don't think they're going to get relegated um, much to my dismay, but um, I, I do think that they will struggle to stay mid table for right now, just because of that tough schedule coming up. And I think that they, they seem to be just lacking any kind of creativity whatsoever. And when you do that in, in the premier league, it's tough to beat just about anybody because I think there's a lot of teams out there that can grab one or two goals just on accident. I mean, look at Arsenal. Um, so, you know, I think that that's, that's something that you got to be concerned about if you're a Palace fan is the fact that you're trending down in a place and during a time that it's not good to, to be trending downward um, towards the, the bottom half of that table. 
All right, uh, Matt, your thoughts on Crystal Palace. Your team played them, beat them 7-0. Uh, were you a little worried at all uh, when it looked like they were getting some <laughs> nice chances early on, or that were you confident oh, that you'd put seven through them? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other. Uh, that's a whole other story with it because I, you know, watching Liverpool enough, I know you're always going to get chances against their high line, so I'm just kind of used to that at that point. But I mean, on the on the side of Palace, obviously, you kind of made a good point with the, you know, a, a seven to nothing, a seven no loss is obviously rough, no matter who you're facing, you know, no matter what team you are. But I also think you have to look at those games as anomalies. I mean, Liverpool lost seven to two earlier in the year, so clearly it, you know, it's 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 kind of the whole any given Sunday mentality with with those kind of games. So I think Palace can brush that one off, and I think you have to. Um, the game against West Ham, I mean, it it is rough to lose Benteke on a red because I think that he's he is a kind of a striker who could have given a, a slightly weaker Liverpool defense some some struggles, especially being the fact that he was on Liverpool at one point. I, I don't tend to like watching players who played for Liverpool face them recently because they tend to have pretty good games. But I don't, I don't think it was the worst week you could have had. I, you know, a loss is a loss no matter how bad it was. And you drew a team that's ahead of you in, in this sense. You know, West Ham is ahead of Palace right now. So they are facing two teams that are table-wise better than them. And I, I honestly... West Ham and Crystal Palace feel like the same kind of team. You know, they, they're tall, they do well with set pieces, but you know, they can clearly struggle against a team that's much faster than them, you know, as we saw West Ham struggle with Chelsea today. Um, so I, I don't think it was a week of panic, really, if you're Palace. I just think the only thing that's, that can be really seen from this is you have to put the 7-0 loss behind. And if you do, I you're not in danger of relegation they're better than the teams honestly they're much better i think than all the teams that are above and i do think they can get above teams like newcastle wolves and they, they could get ahead of west ham um so you're you're looking in that exact mid-table range for them i just think they have to put the seven no loss behind them and just look at it you know seven nil one nil it's kind of the same it's the same amount of points just do what you can to get to the next week and i i just don't think this week is something of huge panic if you're palace Moving on to Everton, uh, Leicester lose to Everton 2-0 where Charleston scores in the 21st minute to make it 1-0. Holgate scores in the 72nd to make it 2-0. And then as we already talked about, Everton beat Arsenal 2-1. Everton, the other winner of the week, they got six points. They're up to fourth now, uh, only five points behind their uh, neighbors in Merseyside uh, to make it uh, so they're only five points out of first. One point out of second. Logan, how are you feeling about Everton now? They've kind of uh, went through their little slump there, and now they're turning it back around again. Yeah, they have the abilities to do this. I think that, again, I think you're looking at a team that's going to be fighting for Europe, um, the fifth spot, or, you know, maybe four if some of these teams start to drop off. Um, But, again, I think I need to see it over a longer period of time. Uh, Beating Arsenal doesn't seem to be very tough anymore. Um, beating Leicester is pretty impressive, and then holding Chelsea to nothing um, was pretty impressive as well. So I, I want to see more of them getting on more of a roll, um, just because when they got on this roll in September, 
you looked at them and went, man, they really have a chance to stay up here. And then they started to trickle down towards, you know, six, seven. Um, so I'm looking to see, you know, can they continue this impressive uh, run? I- I'm not sure their defense is good enough to compete with some of the bigger teams um, ahead of them. But I-, I do think that they will be fighting for sixth, you know, maybe fifth or fourth, depending on how this table shakes out here. And they have uh, they have Sheffield next, so you would think that role would continue on. Matt, your thoughts on your noisy neighbors? They, they had a good week. Um, they they honestly they played really well against. Um, shoot, it was it was Leicester, right? I don't know why. I'm yeah, playing. I know you just yep. said it, but I'm like having a weird memory blank there. I watched that game. That was a, the game I watched prior. Um, I think that game was at one o'clock that day. Cause I remember watching that entire game. Um, that was the game I watched out of the ones that were on at one o'clock. And they, they definitely, they impressed me. Um, I do think in that game, Allen got hurt and they, they are, they do have a bit of an injury issue right now. And while, you know, the Leicester game, you kind of just go off of adrenaline. I, I do think against Arsenal, I would have wanted to see a little bit more. Um, I mean, you can't take away three points, obviously, like that's always going to be a good result, but in a game against Arsenal, you would kind of hope to be a little bit more impressed. I wasn't fully impressed in that game. I was more impressed with the Leicester game, um, but they're definitely, they're definitely putting themselves up there. Um, I, I do think they're another team to see how they, how do they continue while time goes on? Because again, all those European teams in Europe are all going to be getting, more of a break they're not going to be playing the midweek games again and again so I, i'm very intrigued to see how they they continue on um but it, it was a good week for them and it is kind of interesting to see the table and see you know two merseyside teams in the top four um and if they stay healthy i don't see why they can't stay in the top six but they are a team where if if they probably get one more injury with how close everything is, you could end up seeing them with a Tottenham-like drop in the table. You know, Tottenham started a week first and they end at sixth. You could see Everton start a week fourth and, you know, drop all the way down to 10th, 11th place with, with how close everything is. Um, so they just need to stay healthy. And if they can, I don't see why at least top six is, is not – I don't see why top six wouldn't be doable. All right. Yeah, I agree. I think that they can get I think they can get up there. Uh we'll see if top 4 is doable. There's just not enough spaces I don't think with how United's been playing, Leicester's been playing, City's going to be coming up probably, Chelsea maybe is on that verge too. So there's just too many too many quality teams for uh them to get in there. So we'll see. Um Fulham. Let's move on to Fulham here, our favorite of the podcast. Fulham, we already talked about, drew with Brighton, but they also drew with Newcastle, and they held on here with, well, I guess not really held on. The few minutes in, they had an own goal that's, that they, uh, Newcastle had an own goal that gave Fulham a 1-0 lead. 20 minutes later, Anderson gets a red card on Fulham, and then 64 minutes in, which is two minutes later, that's probably for the penalty right there. Uh, Wilson, Callum Wilson scores to make it 1-1. And uh, 
Fulham now kind of getting back. They escaped for a short time here with their two wins, but now they're falling back down into the relegation zone. They're two points uh, below Brighton, three points below Burnley. They're the other teams below them are are sinking further and further to the bottom here. So they have a shot, unlike some of these other teams. I feel like, but. Fulham uh, falling back down here, and they have Southampton next. Logan, your thoughts on Fulham's week? Uh, could have been a little bit better. Um, the Brighton game really should have been something that they took advantage of just because they need to surpass them to get out of that zone. But I, I like they played a really good second half against City. Um, then they played Liverpool about as well as they could have probably played Liverpool. Um, and I know Liverpool didn't play that well, but... You know, I, I think they played them as well as they could in Craven, um, it, which is always funny because Matt and I, I always we laughed at that because it's like your uh, is it your Twitter handle Jordan Cravens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always laugh when I, I every time I type it in on Instagram, I always laugh. Um, but again, I think they're you know the week was decent. I mean, when you're a relegation zone team, you need to just collect points no matter how you get them. Um, but again, I think with the stretch of games they have coming up, especially the next two with Southampton and Tottenham that week that they just had, they'll look back on and say, you know, we need to at least get four points out of that. Um, but they only get away with two. Um, and they'll be chasing Brighton the whole time, I think, because I think those two are going to be the ones fighting it out for that last spot. Um, but, you know, so far, I think Fulham, to me, um, besides Burnley, looked the better team out of the bottom five. Um, but, uh, you know, I hope they can continue that because I think it would be interesting to see them um, stick around, even though we gave them a hard time, because I do think that they're starting to play a little bit better. Plus, they have the most handsome manager in the whole league, so need to see him around more often. All right, got to pick up the pace here. Let's move on from Fulham over to Leeds. Uh, Leeds beat Newcastle 5-2. to two. Uh 26 minutes in, Hendricks scores for Newcastle. 35 minutes in, Bamford scores for Leeds. Then you get a 61st-minute goal with Rodrigo for Leeds. Then you get Clark, 65 minutes in for Newcastle. Then you have 77 minutes in, Dallas scores for Leeds. Alisaki scores for Leeds in 85th minute. And then Jack Harrison, uh, 88 minutes in, scores for Leeds to make it 5-2. And then they get the reverse of that. They lose to United 6-2. Uh, McTominay in the second and third minute. Bruno Fernandez in the 20th minute, Lindelof in the 37th minute. Then you get the first Leeds goal, 41 minutes in for Cooper. Um, Daniel James scores 66 minutes in. Bruno gets a penalty, 70 minutes in. And then Dallas scores in the 73rd minute. Uh, kind of a hot and cold week for Leeds here. Uh, they are up to, well, they're around 14th. They're three points above Arsenal. They're scoring goals, but they're giving up a lot of goals with the way that Bielsa plays. Uh, I feel like they will be fine. I think there's enough between them from relegation here. Uh, Seven points, I think, is enough with the way that Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield, and Brighton are playing. But a little alarming. Uh, I don't think they should be calling for Bielsa to be fired. I saw some Leeds fans saying that on talk radio uh, over in England. Um, you know, they wouldn't be where they are right now without Bielsa. So it, it would be kind of rough there. And they were like lamenting that the fact that, you know, um, 
that they would not be able to get like uh, Sam Allardyce, uh, which is just crazy to me that they keep recycling the same managers over and over again. Logan, your thoughts on Leeds. How, how are you feeling about Leeds here? Uh, if they don't defend the set piece, they're going to be flirting with, with relegation just because th- that's the only way they really can see goals. It's ridiculous. I mean, they're at a clip of like 48% of goals are scored just on set pieces alone from last year. So if they don't get that figured out, um, they can score as many goals as they want, but they're just going to concede tons of goals. And this last match, I mean, it just looked like they were opened up and it almost looked like they were never going to be able to catch up um, to anything. Um, Was it United, I think, Um, that United was doing? Just because, you know, when United's scoring, it's terrifying. because they can just score in punches, and Leeds had no solution for it, uh, and it got ugly really, really quickly. Um, so again, if they can't defend, they're going to be down there hanging out with Brighton and them um, when when the year comes to the end. Matt, I think I totally skipped you on Fulham, but your Fulham and Leeds thoughts here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really think I had much really to add to Fulham. Um, yeah, they, you know, getting the draw against Brighton probably wasn't their greatest result. Um, <clears throat> they they need to win those games, but I I already forgot also what they did later in that week. I was I was thinking about Leeds. Um, what was the other point? Oh, and then the draw against Newcastle. So I get maybe okay. So it wasn't the worst week they could have. I think the draw against Newcastle is what you could expect, but I think against a team like Brighton, that, with the way Fulham have played, getting a Getting three points was something you really, really should want. Uh, to Leeds, I think I, I agree with you, Jordan, in the term that they I, – I really don't think they have any danger of relegation. Scoring goals is a big deal, is a big reason for it. They can score goals. If you can score, I don't see relegation being a, a big risk for you. Um, I don't think they should be getting rid of Bielsa either. I think I didn't know that there were people calling for him, so I, I actually think that's pretty ridiculous as well. Uh, he got you into the Premier League, and you weren't going to – I know a lot of people wanted to be like, oh, they're going to be the Sheffield of you know this year where they're going to surprise and get top 10. But you know, he, while he has great tactics for scoring, you can see why his tactics – he needs to know how to adjust, I think, against the bigger teams because you're going to have these games where he's going to get run out of the water, and it's strictly just because of how they play defense. I don't, I don't see it any other way. I you know, you kind of have to take the hits as a Leeds fan this year because you are going to have your five to two wins, but you're also going to have your not exactly six to two losses, but you're going to lose a few games by three, four goals unless you kind of go out there and sit back a little bit more. But that's not how they play. So they're safe, but I think a Leeds being a Leeds fan is probably one of the more frustrating fandoms in the Premier League this season. Because you're going to see a game where you go, wow, we're super impressive. And then you're going to watch a game where you go, could we, like, we aren't this bad, are we? Like, we're going to lose by this many goals. And, you know, you're having Scott McTominay score two goals in two minutes. And I don't really think you're going to see that any other time in the year. But when a team plays so open, it's going to happen. And they just have to take their hits as they come. But they're still they're still in good – they're in a good space to – just be safe the rest of the year and not really worry about relegation. Moving on to Leicester, they had another 
hot and cold week, but turned out being a really good week for them, I guess, in the end. They move up to second place uh, after Everton took second for a bit there. Leicester, nil, Everton, two. We already talked about that. But Leicester, two, Spurs, nil, 45th plus four minutes. Vardy scores a penalty for Leicester. Then in the 59th minute, Alderweireld, uh, own goal uh, that gives Leicester a 2-0 victory. They did have a nice James Madison goal called back for offsides. That was very, very close just from the way that they uh, showed it. it there. But uh, it is what that, it is. That call. <laughs> well, because I think uh, I th- my, my issue with it is not so much that you know, because there again, there's no clear and obvious when it comes to offsides. We established that a few weeks ago because it's 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 a fact based one where they just say yes, he was. But uh, it's very hard to tell where those bottom two defenders are standing for Spurs because of the. Um, to me, it looked like the bottom most guy was the one keeping him on, but they were using the up like the the guy closer to James Madison as being further to the goal, like closer to the goal and pulling him off. So I was a little confused with that. But uh, another thing, though, that that penalty in the 45th minute, uh, just an awful tackle by uh, by Spurs. Uh, who was that, Aurier? Or is that who it was that, um, that just kind of backed yeah, right into him, just knocked right. him down. Uh, that was just awful. I don't know what he was doing there. Uh, so Spurs, we're going to talk about as one of the losers of the week here in a bit, but Leicester move up to second place. They're in 27 points out of 14 games. They have no draws. They have nine wins, five losses. Uh, so that's that's the difference in points right there. Uh, Liverpool have four draws, one loss. So there's the four points of difference. Uh, but they're looking pretty good. Leicester, even with that loss to Everton, which is not a bad loss, that's another top four team as it stands right now. They're doing okay. They're up to second place. Logan, how are you feeling about Leicester? They have uh, United coming up here. Yeah, so listening to the NBC broadcast, is interesting to hear them talk about it. They said that while their wins are impressive and their standing at the table is impressive, you can't lose... You can't just win and then also just lose. They said you got to have some draws in there, and they said that if you lose that many games, but again, they're speaking to other seasons, um, and I'm not sure this season is going to be anything like we've seen, but speaking to other seasons and speaking if fans do start to come back as the vaccine, but now there's a new strand of COVID, but if fans do start to come back, I do think you're going to start seeing more typical uh, score lines. I do think you're going to see more typical score lines as the fixtures start to slow down some. And some of these guys get some breaks. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think Leicester's impressive when they win, and they're kind of a disaster when they lose. Um, I still think right now uh, they're easily top four, just looking at the other teams and how much they've struggled on both sides of the ball or on one side of the ball, um, whereas Leicester seems to be more like they're playing really well. They're not playing, you know, great, but they're playing well enough. Um, I, I think that, that once you start to see them play some more, um, it'll start to tell you exactly where Leicester's going to end up. But right now, I, I don't see I, I don't see them being at the top up there with Liverpool for much longer if they don't figure out how to get games, you know, at least some points in games they don't play well in. 
Uh, Matt, your thoughts on Lester here? You must not like him. <laughs> Are you on mute, Matt? Oh shoot! I thought I was okay. <laughs> he doesn't mind. like him. I thought I hit the. I thought I hit the thing. I was even. Talking He's having a rough day. No <laughs> <laughs> I was legitimately talking to nobody. Um, well, I guess my dog was hearing my my Lester thoughts. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. I. I I want to say they're confusing, but also I, I just the way Brendan Rodgers seems to have in terms of coaching, like the way his seasons tend to go, it's one of those weeks that doesn't shock me. You know, they they probably should be beating Everton if they want to be real legitimate, I think, title contenders. But then they go in and face, you know, Tottenham and Jose Mourinho and they, they pick them apart pretty. I thought they picked them apart pretty well. Um I guess that's just kind of how you deal with a Brendan Rodgers type team. You know, you, you're going to have, and I, I know watching it with Liverpool, he, he definitely has improved as a coach, but he's very, it, it's such a weird hit or miss because you're going to have games where you go, you're definitely going to win this. And then he throws out like just an awful game. And then you go into a game going, I don't probably don't feel as confident. And then it's almost like you were, one of the greatest teams ever to play and, and you make it look easy. Um, so I, I just think that's always how we have to look at Brendan Rodgers, especially with Leicester. They're not talent wise. I don't think they're one of the top teams in terms of talent. Um, I do think Rodgers does get more out of his players than some managers do, but there, he just has this weird inconsistency that I just need to see him have big results back to back instead of weeks like this before I would say title contenders. Um, I definitely think they're, you know, top four, top six contenders. They shouldn't be out of that area because I think you can kind of replace that. Uh, if you wanted to say like top six, I would, I would replace Arsenal with Leicester right now because um, they definitely have been more impressive of a team as of the last few years. Uh, but until you get some more consistency out of Rodgers, I just, I they don't, to me, I, I don't look at them, especially with Liv being a Liverpool fan, and go, they're going to challenge for the title. I just, because I just know when he needs it, he doesn't get the result that he, he really needs. Let's move on to Liverpool here. Uh, they beat Spurs 2 1, most of the last scores. Then Sun scored 36, 33 minutes in. And then a last minute uh, winner by uh, Firmino uh, to make it 2 1. And then they, uh, we already covered the Palace game. But Liverpool, another winner of the week here. They get two straight wins after their draw against, uh, what was that, lowly Fulham here. Uh, they have West Brom coming up here. They're four points clear of Leicester. Let's start with you first, Matt. How are you feeling about uh, this uh, as a Liverpool fan? And Because what I see is you're depleted with injuries, you're rotating your squad at times with Minamino and stuff uh, in this last game with Palace, and you uh, just continue to win and continue to add more to your goal differential. Your goal differential shot up seven goals in just the last game alone from 10 to 7. How are you feeling as a Liverpool fan? Because for me, I feel like this is where they're going to start breaking away and walking with the title here. Yeah, I, I was thinking about so, uh, kind of similar to that after the the Palace game because I personally as a Liverpool fan like Palace is one of the 
if you if you were to see Twitter when they went up three not three nil, it it actually was like a very like okay, we need another goal, or I'm not going to trust it because you know the there's they still Liverpool fans have nightmares of being up three nil at Palace after what happened in the the Rogers year where they they blew the the title, but. I think this is a a big chance for Liverpool, and I think it's because if things, you know, maybe they, with players coming back from injury, and it's looking as though before West Brom, you're getting Milner and you're getting Shakiri back, and then there is a chance even before West Brom, you could be seeing Thiago back in the squad. It it does look like they may have gone past that rough patch, especially with it, people getting hurt. It felt like every single game. Um, and I think the biggest, one of the biggest things that I've noticed is, you know, early on in the year, especially after that Villa game, Liverpool's defense was kind of considered their weakness. But if, if you actually look at the table, one of the more impressive things, obviously scoring goals, they have the most in the league, but their, their defensive record has now got them in, I actually think they are, they're seventh now in goals against, which a few weeks ago they were in the bottom half. And now they just kind of keep moving up. I, I think their defense has started to play really, really well. Um, and they should be getting reinforcements in January. There's lots of, obviously, uh, center back rumors with you know, the fact that Gomez and Van Dyke are both out. And Matip is just a great defensive player, but just hard to trust to stay healthy. Um, so th- this is going to be a big, big few weeks for Liverpool because they, they have West Brom, they have Newcastle, and I believe they have Southampton. Um, now Southampton's obviously a big matchup, but the next two games are games they can really kind of just set their foot down and and take the league from other teams. Because uh, then after Southampton, they actually face United and Tottenham again. So then you have you have two games where you could really set kind of like where you're at in this league. But it it their defense is coming along, and you know of those 19 goals. Nine of them were given up by Adrian in two games. So with Adrian, they between Allison and and Kelleher, they've only given up ten goals in ten, uh, in twelve games, and that that's obviously under a goal a game, and that's a really really good defensive record. So I I think they are hitting their their stride here. Um, you know, in a couple of weeks we could be saying something different, but if they play the way they have in a couple of weeks. I I do kind of agree that we could be looking at the whole teams just chasing Liverpool and trying to get top four at that point. Well, I think that's the most positive you've been about them this season. Uh, let's before I move on to Logan here, I do want to just point out Jurgen Klopp uh, is now the um, most wins in Premier League history as a Liverpool manager. He just passed Rafa Benitez who was there from 2004 to 2010. Rafa had 228 games managed and 126 wins. Klopp has 127 wins in 196 games in the Premier League, putting him at the most wins. <laughs> you know, I, I know it's still it's still early, but if he can, you know, do that for a couple more years and, you know, maybe grab another Premier League or two or another Champions League, I I obviously don't have much, you know, in terms of the 70s and 80s Liverpool who dominated England and, you know, won all the, the European Cups. But, you know, I, I you have to think he's going to go down as 
quite possibly the greatest Liverpool manager of all time if, if he does that over these next few years. Yeah, I would think so too. So Logan, I put it to you, is Klopp the best manager in the Premier League? Yeah, there's him and then there's nobody near him. And then there's like, I don't even know who you'd put second at this point. Uh, maybe Ancelotti or Mourinho. But um, I, I think that Klopp has done things with this team that I think many will look back on and go, dude, he did this with basically a skeleton of what his team was last year. And then as he starts adding more of these pieces back in, that just becomes scarier for the rest of the league. Now they're five points clear of second place. Um, and the teams that are supposed to be chasing them are not even close to playing on the level they are. The seven to nothing result is terrifying, especially when uh, and Matt and I talked about this when we watched Liverpool together against Fulham. If you add Thiago back into that midfield for all those three that can create already, and Firmino played pretty well recently, which is even more terrifying because um, that's all he really needed was another player playing well. Um, I don't see any team right now that could come anywhere close to beating them and then add Tiago in who might become their best player. Um, yeah, I, I'm scared for what's coming because I think Liverpool is coming and winter's coming and it's just all scary and frightening at this point. Real quick, just looking at uh, some of these uh, former managers here. Uh, Bob Paisley is listed as one of the best managers. Uh, he went from 74 to 83 for Liverpool. 553 matches, 308 wins. Uh, but also Bill Shankly with 407 wins um, out of 783 games. And Klopp is at 176, is that what I said? Or 127? So some of these may yeah, not be not gonna, some of these may not be league some of these may not be league wins though because it's not it says Klopp has 176 so this site is not breaking them down by league and stuff so I'm I'm not 100 uh, percent certain. I, I I think in terms of it it's going to have to be silverware um, and I, I think yeah. because he's, well, for that he's he would still coach. need like another five he would still need like another five. Uh, Premier Leagues and some other. Yeah, and I, I, I think in a way there's a lot of Liverpool fans that rate, rate him so highly though because he he brought them back. From, yes, from what they were, and I think that's where, you know, he's not gonna. I would love it if he did, but he's not gonna win five, six Premier Leagues because I, I don't think he's gonna be the manager that long. I do see him. Managers don't got, last as long now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he only has three or four years left on his contract, and I do think. He's going to take time off. I think he's going to, you know, spend time with family. He might go, maybe he does coach the German team. I wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me if he becomes, you know, the national team coach. Um, but I think if in these three years he grabs a cup a premier league or two more, which I mean, it, it's looking possible. I don't really trust sports enough as a fan to, to really want to say it's, it's definite. Um, Cause it's just how crazy sports are, especially in our day and age. But if you get a Premier League or two, or you get another Champions League, that's a crazy few years. And I, you just don't see that in, in any type of sport these days just because of how talented players have become. Like it, Players are so much more talented, I feel like, than they were 30, 40 years ago in every single sport um, that 
to go back to back to win two of three, it, it's hard. And I think that's what would make him rank so highly in the the whole, I guess, realm of Liverpool managers, even though his stats are not going to be as big. Yeah, I think bringing them back is is something that's going to be looked at. I mean, like this this team was, you know, snake bit. You know, there was times, you know, the Gerard slip and, and where you're, um, where it seemed like people didn't either want the job or, you know, they, you know, it, I don't know. It just seemed like, uh, just seems like that was a thing there. Um, Manchester City, let's move on. They drew West Brom, dropping some points against the relegation teams. I know how that feels. Uh, and so does uh, Matt with the Fulham draw a few weeks ago. But uh, Gundahan, 30 minutes in for Manchester City. Then 43 minutes in, Ruben Diaz, own goal for West Brom, makes it 1-1. And then Manchester City, Raheem Sterling, 16 minutes in against Southampton, scores to make it 1-0. Logan, how are you feeling about Manchester City? I never thought I'd say this, but um, number one in defense <laughs> um, is not something that I ever expected us to be leaning on so heavily. Um, it seems like that's all we really have, and we are okay with sitting back and waiting for the attack to come to us, play defensively, and then hope that Sterling or De Bruyne can out get out and put a ball over the top. Um, to one another or to Jesus or whoever is playing striker. You know, we make stuff up at this point. Um, but I, I am. I'm impressed with the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Rodri's played well. Gundogan's played really well. Um, De Bruyne has been really good. Uh, Cancelo's been really good. Ruben Diaz has been solid. Um, really the only weak link, I think, honestly, in that back side of it is I think Ederson's been kind of uneasy lately. Um, he, he sometimes tends to try to do a little too much when he's just the keeper, um, which kind of bothers me at times. But, you know, I'm really impressed with the way that they're playing defensively. And if we can get goals, which I'm assuming we can still, because that's something that we've always done, um, I think we could really be a threat to the top two. Um, I'm not sure that, that Liverpool will be anywhere near us anymore uh, when we do decide we want to score, um, especially if we can't. And we... You know, adding a, a, a good attacking player in January just doesn't seem likely unless it's like some kind of weird sell-off that a team's just trying to get rid of people at that point. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, we haven't really lost games. Um, we've been in every single one, but sometimes it's a, not a good thing when you're drawing with West Brom. So right now, still kind of even keel. Um, give me a couple more weeks, and then I'll be on the Pep Sucks train again because I... I thoroughly believe that he's been the problem but yeah that, that's my thoughts yeah they got two losses which is the lowest amount other than liverpool they're up to eighth place with a game in hand if you give them those three points that puts them at fourth uh but uh definitely not uh 70 some percent chance or whatever it was to uh <laughs> if that was to win insane. the Premier league or I whatever was doing the mathematics on that Pep goes <laughs> So I'm the best manager, <laughs> and so that means they're always. You know, that's the crazy part, though, is that I think just their name and and Pep himself, they're always up there. They're always one of the top, like betting wise. They're always one of the top ones for the Champions League too. Even though you know Pep has 
kind of shown not to be able to win it. I, I just think who he is as a manager and for what Man City, the name entails, I feel like they're just always going to be considered to be the, the top choice to win. Logan, you got to post that on the Instagram, that uh, <laughs> that thing. Um, let's move on to United. Here we go. Uh, Sheffield United 2, Manchester United 3. Five minutes in, McGoldrick scores for Sheffield. Then Marcus Rashford scores a great goal 26 minutes in uh, with a great touch. 33 minutes in, Anthony Martial scores to make it uh, uh, 2-1. Then you got Rashford again to make it 3-1. And then McGoldrick put some pressure on late here to make it uh, 2-3, 3-2 here. Um, but United escape with those three points. And then we've already talked about them beating Leeds. McTominay scoring two in the first three minutes, which was the fastest. I think a player scored two goals early in a game. So... That moves United up to third. And they've only got three losses. They are 26 points with a game in hand. If you give them those three points, they're in second, only two points behind Liverpool. So, are United challenging for the title? They got Burnley next. They can get those uh, next. uh, They can get those three points. But what do you think, Logan? Yeah, as long as they don't let Pogba infect the team, I think that the team. Harry Maguire's played really well, man. He played really well against Leeds. There was a couple, there was a couple of through balls that I saw him deflect. That he's not like Aubameyang who's deflecting him wrongly. Um, but uh, Harry Maguire's played really well. Lindelof has played better than he had been. Um, Juan Bissaka's been really good and impressive lately. Um, plus, when, when you start scoring goals again, and Martial and Rashford seem to have figured that out with Cavani as the super sub, um, and, and, you know, I think they're playing well through the middle. Uh, yeah, I absolutely think that they can challenge the top four now. I, I think they've got it turned around to the point. And I really do think they like Ole, on, or Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because I, I think that he he's at least positive <laughs> when things were going completely. Like, he never got into his feelings. He was just kind of like, I'm getting screwed, man. Like, uh, you know, my team's just not, they're just not playing well. I don't know what to do with them. Um, you know, you know, Pogba adding all that headache into the locker room is not helpful. Um, but uh, again, I think that they, they definitely challenge for top four right now because they're playing extremely well and scoring goals, um, which is what they really need. Matt, does United worry you at all? Um, you know, they do actually. I, I was going to say, I completely agree that i i do believe they're a title contender um they they have a they're i i don't think their defense is in a normal year championship worthy but this year i I feel like you just have to be decent out there which they have been and clearly they can score goals and they they play well on the road they have a lot they really do have a lot that you need to be a title can like a title winning team and pretty much actually in any sport um I just think I, they do have a tough part of their schedule coming up, so I do think they need to play well to officially be in that realm. But with how they've done so far, I, I don't see why they shouldn't be considered one. Um, and Bruno Fernandez is looking like one of the best players in the Premier League. He, I mean, maybe he already is the best player, or, or at least top three. Um, He's up there but, since he yeah, came into I the mean, league. He, he's impressive, and I, I don't 
personally enjoy him as a player because I, you know, I'm not a United fan clearly, but you know, they're they're a good team, and I I do think we'll see a lot at, over their next five games. I know they have I think four teams that are are considered top teams, and if those games go well, I don't see how we can't put them in the top four um, at least. But I I want to see the next few games before we can officially go, they're definitely going to contend for this. Um, but right now they do. They do scare me. Yeah, they are scary, even with Ole as manager. Let's move on to Newcastle here. We have, uh, we already talked about their games. Leeds 5, Newcastle 2, Newcastle 1, Fulham 1. Not the best week for Newcastle. They're still sitting pretty, though. They're in 12th place. They're above Crystal Palace, just on gold differential. Uh, they got a game in hand, though, which if they win or draw can move them up to, well, it'd, it'd keep them in the same spot, actually. But um, if they win it, it'll move them up a spot. But if they draw, they stay in the same spot. But, you know, Newcastle, I guess, you know, th- maybe they're weathering the storm here. But uh, any thoughts from either of you on, on Newcastle before we move on to, uh, I know we talked a little bit about Newcastle already, but before we move on to Sheffield here. No, just pretty average. I think, you know, they don't, they're not something that they, they don't really just stick out, I think, because they're mid-table and just kind of there, um, and they'll be there the rest of the year because I don't see anything else different happening. Um, they attack pretty well, but that's really been about it. Matt, any thoughts on Newcastle? Yeah, I, 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 mean, uh, I don't really have too much. I kind of agree with Logan there. I mean, the an average team having an average week and, and you know they're they're gonna have some good results they're gonna have some bad results they're they're it's it's weird they're just they're a safe team you know you're not gonna get relegated because there's teams that are much much worse but most of the teams are much much better than they are so they're kind of just stuck right where they're at at this point very arsenal like Sheffield United, uh, we already talked about them a bit. Manchester United beat them 3-2. They drew with Brighton 1-1. They've got two points on the year, eight goals on the year. No wins, two draws, 12 losses. Still doomed, right, guys? They're not, uh, they're not escaping from here? No way. They, they would need. The they would need. Doomed. They would need eight or nine points to get above. <laughs> yeah. They would need nine points to get above Fulham. Right. They're going to be Sheffield relegated, not Sheffield United. <laughs> Dang, that'll uh, make the Sheffield Wednesday fans very happy. I'm sure. Well, it'll be Sheffield Thursday soon. So. Sheffield Wednesday did something this past week that they hadn't done in like a year. I can't remember what it was, but I saw it on Twitter that maybe it was like win. Or they did something that involved a win that they hadn't done in a long, long time. Um, and Sheffield United also hasn't won in a long, long time. So, yeah, I'm trying to find out what that is here. I did see their news on here, but I don't see, I don't see anything on the news here. Um, but I did see their name come up on Twitter, so I'm not sure here. But Southampton, they lost to City. They drew with Arsenal. They're in seventh. 24 points, 14 games. They're only one point behind Chelsea in fifth. They're only two points behind United and Everton in third and fourth. How are we feeling about Southampton, Logan? Um, they got Fulham next. 
Yeah, and when they played City, they didn't look very good on the attack, which is weird because they, they had been playing pretty well uh, attacking. But, de- I mean, again, City has the best defense, which is shocking. Um, so maybe that slows them up a little bit. But, again, I think they're going to be fighting for Europe, too. I think that um, a team that will be surprising at the end when we look at the table will be Southampton. I think that when you look at them and Leicester, I think they're pretty even um, in the way that they play. Um, very attacking. Uh, and they can lock down pretty much all the good attacking um, sides when they want. So I think they're pretty even with Leicester, uh, and, and I think that'll show at the end of the of the year. Um, I really kind of hope that they do get into Europe because I think that'd be fun to watch them play um, some international uh, league teams um, just because I think it'd be fun to watch Danny Ings run around like crazy if he's still there. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on Southampton before we go to Spurs? Uh, no, not not anything really to to add on to it. I mean, they definitely. I, I agree that you know between. I, I think you're going to see a Southampton, Everton, Villa type battle for one of those spots in the top seven because I, I think Liverpool, Leicester, United, Chelsea, Tottenham, and City are all kind of in the the top six, and I think you'll see that by the end of the year. Um, I think that seventh spot, which could end up being Europa, I guess, if if the cups go the right way, um, I think you're going to see a battle between which one of those teams can kind of come out on top. Um, I, I, I personally think Southampton have a bit of an edge because I think offensively they're better than those other two. Um, so it'll be fun to watch them. I, I do like watching them play. And, you know, City are such a great defensive team all of a sudden that I kind of agree with Logan. They're, they Honestly, City just shut them down. Um, I don't know what got into City. Maybe Pep has changed as a manager, um, and he, he just wants to be super defensive. But, you know, they'll, they'll be in it. They'll, it's that seventh spot is where they're destined if they play well enough. I don't see him going any higher than it, though. All right, moving on to Spurs. They went from first to sixth this week here. Uh, they lose to Liverpool late. They lose to to, to Leicester. Um, now, they're not out of it. They're only six points out of first and two points out of second. So still very much in it. It's, it's, uh, but not a great... Not a great week for Tottenham. They went from having one loss, which was opening day, to Everton, to now having three losses on the year. They actually have the same amount of wins, draws, and losses as Chelsea, um, with a worse goal differential now. Uh, What is your uh, thoughts here, Logan? Spurs, are they done, or are they able to climb back up here with Son and Kane leading the charge? They got Wolves next. Yeah, and I know that teams tend to lean on two or really two or three really good attackers, but when you look at it, Sun has eleven goals, Kane has nine, Gareth Bale is the next scorer with one, and he's tied with the four other randoms. Um, Moro's on there, Rur, and then Alvaro and Celso, guys that you typically don't <laughs> think of when you think goal scoring. Um, and again, we talked about this. If they shut down Kane or Son and that connection's broken, that you really do have Spurs figured out. I, I mean, that's that's tough because they've played so well. But they could get into a weird spell here where neither of them score for 
four or five games here and there. And I don't see them winning games without those two scoring because that's all they've done. That's I mean, that's all they can really rely on. Gareth Bale, I'm pretty sure they just brought over because it was good for Instagram purposes. And it's a fancy new stadium that they had to pay for. And maybe they thought fans would be allowed back and they'd come see Gareth Bale play golf in the clubhouse or something. I don't know what the hell he, he does. Um, but again, yeah, I, I trouble. Yeah, trouble's brewing. Uh, United, I think, is better than they are. Um, right now, I, I think City eventually are going to be better than they are. Um, Chelsea's definitely better than they are, and so is Liverpool. Leicester's definitely better, I think, at this point. So again, I, I think, yeah, I, I'd start to panic just a little bit because that connection it can't be broken. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on Spurs? Um, so I, I was like thinking about what to to really say about them because so it's a weird it's weird watching them so i i think if you're a fan of jose and you're a fan of tottenham when things are going good you probably love his style of play but when when things go poorly you're gonna see consistent results like this and i i don't personally in this day and age really in think I would enjoy watching the whole sit back. Um, it was kind of interesting because even though I don't go on the Arsenal Reddit very often, I was on the Spurs, especially around the game. Um, it was actually kind of interesting reading from their fans' perspective. They felt like Liverpool were the lucky team in that game and Liverpool played poorly because like all Liverpool shots were like right at the goal and you know Tottenham had bigger chances even though they only had like two or three and they only passed the ball you know 20 times within the box compared to I think Liverpool almost had 200 um so it's interesting to watch his style of play in those games because my biggest frustration would be when when you see a goal like Firmino's go in and you only have three four minutes you kind of spent most of the game acting as though you were going to play for something not as big as a win and I think that's where I would get so frustrated being a fan of them because it happened with Palace too. They went one nil up and they just didn't really attack. They just kind of went, we're going to keep this game the way it is and hopefully it's going to go our way. And if it doesn't go our way, then we just don't, you, you just don't give yourself enough time to, to make a big change or make a big difference. And I just think that's something that, I just don't like in those big games. He needs to do something different in that so that you don't have that occur. Um, that's just, I guess that's just my kind of opinion with it, but um, it was definitely a rough week and it, it's crazy to think that those two losses took them from first to sixth, but that's the kind of year they're in. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I'd be pretty frustrated right now as a Tottenham fan. Oh, man, I just saw a meme. Sorry. <laughs> um, let's move on to uh, West Brom here. They drew with City, as we said. They lost to Villa, as we said. They're in the relegation zone. Is there really much to say about them? They got seven points. No. <laughs> no. Okay, let's move on. We yeah, need to get they, stuff done. They're really yeah, there's nothing different. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, West Ham uh, won, Crystal Palace won, uh, Chelsea three, West Ham nothing. Uh, They're still sitting pretty. They're in 10th. They're not going to get relegated. They're not going to really challenge for the top four. Is there anything to say about West Ham at this point? (laughs) They really miss Antonio. Without him, 
they look really just not very good. They kind of look like Crystal Palace when Zaha goes down. Yeah. They, that, that's who I'd compare him to without him. He's just, he creates so much and he's so quick and physical. But without him, they, they just look middle of the pack. That's about it. Uh, Wolves, they beat Chelsea. They lose to Burnley. We've kind of already talked about them a bit. They are up to 11th. Again, they're right below West Ham, so they're not really going down. They're not really going up. They're probably going to finish around this mid-table, but they did have an American start today. Otasui uh, started uh, today for Wolves. Um, not much really else to say there, I think. They just need to... Uh, Get Jimenez back and uh, yeah, or figure out a way to score consistently without Jimenez. Right. Um, he's such a. I guess he's. They're very similar to West Ham and Palace too. I guess <laughs> they lose a guy. Yeah, they um, all sit around the they, same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Them in Newcastle. Yeah, they're all the same teams. Really, they just wear different <laughs> colors. I'm surprised they don't wear. Or sometimes Claire they wear the same color at the Clare. <laughs> depending on. Uh, depending on uh, the team. Okay, top four, like we said, Liverpool's in first with 31 points. Leicester in second with 27. United in third with 26 and a game in hand. Everton in fourth with 26. Chelsea in fifth with 25. Spurs in uh, sixth with 25. When we look at relegation, Sheffield at the bottom with two points. West Brom at the bottom with seven. Fulham at the bottom with 10. And there's uh, no game in hands there between those teams. So not much to look forward to for them. Golden Boot, Mo Salah with his three goals in the last games have moved him up to first with 13 goals. Calvert-Lewin in second with 11, tied with Son and Vardy with 11. Let's take a look at the Boxing yeah, Day matches. Oh, anyway, do you have something to say? say about the-, the one, the slight scary thing for Premier, I guess maybe for the Premier League, is that Salah has more goals now than he did in his record-setting year when he first came to Liverpool, and he has Thiago coming back to to help him. So this could be this could be a, a pretty huge year if, if that continues. I did see some sort of uh, report today that's probably bogus, saying that uh, that. Uh, Salah is unhappy at Liverpool. And for me, I would wonder, what the hell would you be unhappy about when you're in first place? You just thumped a team 7-0. You scored two of those goals. uh, You just won the Premier League and a Champions League in the last two years. You're at the best team in Europe right now, except for maybe Bayern. What what would possibly be like? Oh, I'm so unhappy. If that's true, uh, I don't know what to tell him because he, he, you know, he's in a much better spot than when yeah, he was at Chelsea I, and Roma. There's there's so many weird little things going around because there's also like a rumor that he was angry. He didn't captain the team against Midtjylland um, in the match day six in the group stage. Then, you know, they went with Trent. I don't know. It's all coming from some random friend, apparently, that wanted to keep everything quiet. So he decides to just say everything, which doesn't make any sense. So I, I, don't, I don't put much into it. Me neither. You'd have to be a fool to leave Liverpool. If I was a player on Liverpool right now, I ain't going nowhere. I'm parking my ass in my seat if I'm on the bench. 
I'm, I'm going on the field when Klopp tells me to, and I'm running through brick walls for that man because he can get me titles. Um, Saturday, December 26th, Leicester City versus Manchester United at 7.30 a.m. We have Aston Villa at 10 o'clock facing off against Palace. Fulham versus Southampton at 10 o'clock. Arsenal versus Chelsea at 12.30. Manchester City versus Newcastle at 3 p.m. And Sheffield versus Everton at 3 p.m. And we are going to make a quick prediction here of Arsenal versus Chelsea. Who you got, Logan? Yeah, I'm going to go with Arsenal 6 nothing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, they won't score 6 in their next 12 games. Um, no, I'm going to go Chelsea. And I'm going to say that this is the... This is the straw that breaks all camels' backs, and it, it's going to get ugly. I'm going to say it's 4-0 Chelsea. Interesting. Arteta get fired after this one, or or no? Because there's too many games close to each other? Yeah, no, I don't see anybody getting fired just because of the— I, I mean, Slavin Bilic is easy to fire because they, they're going down anyway. I just don't see After Arteta getting a being, point against City. Yeah, and I just don't see— Anybody being thrilled with any kind of signings that Arsenal can make right now in this clump of fixtures, I'd give him another month. Matt, who you got? Uh, I mean, I, I have Chelsea winning too, but I, I don't think it'll be as high scoring. I think you're looking at 2-0. Um, and it's just going to continue for the Arteta out talk. Um, but I think he can... If he beats City midweek in the Carabao, I, that that's who they face, right, Logan? I feel like you've said City face Arsenal. Yeah, they do. I'm correct. Yeah, I think if I actually think they win that game, which personally, like I said, I think is better for City just to get themselves out of that cup anyway. Um, I think you're going to have that whole issue with Arteta playing well in cups and then struggling in in the league, but that's what makes this year fun. And I kind of want to see the chaos continue to happen with that. But uh, there's no way they're going to beat Chelsea. You just can't see it. I have 2-0 as well. So uh, I have 2-0 Chelsea uh, win here. Sunday, December 27th, we have Leeds versus Burnley at 7 a.m., West Ham versus Brighton at 9.15, Liverpool versus West Brom at 11.30, and Wolves versus Spurs. And we're predicting Wolves versus Spurs. Who do you got, Logan? I'm going to say it's a 1-1 draw. Yeah, I don't pick draws, so I'm going to pick one this week. All right, I have 1-0 Spurs. What do you got, Matt? I'm, I'm matching Logan. <laughs> when you said that was the one we were going to pick, my first thought was, oh, it's going to probably end 1-1, <laughs> and Logan said it. And uh, we do have games on Monday, but we're going to try to record something on Sunday uh, so that way we can recap those before because Chelsea and uh, Ever- and City play again and-, and Everton play again. And, yeah, those teams all play again on and Leicester play from Saturday to Monday. So that's going to be pretty rough uh, there. So we're going to try to get that in as well so we're not doing another three-hour episode talking about two match week uh, two match days in here like today's was um real quick uh carabao cup 12 30 tomorrow the 22nd which is tuesday brentford versus newcastle at uh, 12 30 arsenal versus city at 3 p.m then on wednesday the 23rd stoke versus spurs at 12 30 and everton versus manchester united at 3 p.m uh, 
who do you who do you got uh, going? Let let's pick real quick. Uh, Arsenal versus City. Who do you got there, uh, Logan? I'm hoping that City gets beat two one. Um, just so they don't have to worry about. So they don't game. have to worry about another game. No, I, I think they pushed the final back to April. Well, then that's good because that's usually a slower time. Um, plus, City will be out of the Champions League by then, hopefully. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They'll be out of February. You'll be fine. Yeah, that'll be fine. So yeah, uh, you know what? Actually, Jordan, I changed my mind. I think we need to win this because Champions League never goes well for us, and we need some kind of silverware to make sure that Pep continues to get the praise that he deserves for being the second best manager in the Premier League. Two one city. <laughs> and then uh, how about you, Matt? Everton versus United. Who you got moving on in that game? Everton. Ooh, you know I. I personally think it's going to be Everton because United have played fairly poorly in cups for the most part. And I think Everton look at this as a bigger deal than, than um, United will be strictly just because United are probably thinking bigger with how well they played in the league and, and trying to make a name for themselves, I guess, in Europa this year. Um, I think Everton win, win two nil. All right, so we have uh, Brentford versus Newcastle. Newcastle should win that. Stoke versus Spurs. Tottenham should win that. Uh, if they don't, then those are some big upsets. And then the title, the, the cup would definitely go to one of the Arsenal, City, Everton, or United if, if uh, Spurs and Newcastle lose. But that about wraps us up here. Um, thanks everybody for sticking through this long episode. We'll be back Sunday to break down, uh, the boxing day weekend match. The, the, the Christmas crunch, as I like to call it here, as we get games coming in hot and heavy between now and new year's. And, uh, we are, I want to make an announcement here cause we're going to be putting this on the Twitter. We're going to be giving away a Edison Cavani Funko pop. Uh, he's wearing his Paris Saint-Germain uh, jersey, PSG jersey. Um, if you want to enter, we're going to be posting a picture of it uh, on our Twitter. All you have to do is, we're probably going to make it where you have to, it, the rules will be on the Twitter, but it's probably going to be like, retweet, and either tag somebody or leave us a review for even more bonus entries or something. But uh, yeah, we're going to, give away a Edison Cavani Funko pop. We also got a Marco Verratti pop that we're going to give away in the coming weeks as well. So I hope everybody likes PSG players. There's lots of pops of them out that I was able to scoop up uh, for giveaways here. Um, but that that's it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at stoppage show on Twitter, facebook.com slash stoppage time soccer show. Email us at Gmail, which is uh, uh, at or stoppage time show at gmail.com. I, I figured it out. We got there. Uh, and that's it. Uh, Instagram is at stoppage time soccer show. We'll post that picture of the bogus winning odds, winning the premier league with, with the uh, Manchester city on there as well. And we'll post the picture of the, uh, the pop, the Funko pop on there and the rules of where to go and stuff. But Hope everybody has a great holiday. We'll catch you all afterwards on the build-up to New Year's, and have a great rest of your week. Kane has stolen it to death! That's what he's there for! 
Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.